2: Just go to ramp.com slash easy ramp.com
0: slash easy com slash easy cards issued by Sutton bank and Celtic bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Hey, it's the beginning of a week and that means that we salute our troops, boys and girls. So, everybody, raise those glasses. I got my Zion mug today. Look at this. And yeah, you're I'm, just trying to show off you, you got a new mug. Oh, the, God.
2: What's it, happening on in the inside of that mug?
0: It is a map of the national park. Isn't that cool? <laughs> it looks
2: like the mug that gets left in an office that nobody's <laughs> taken home to wash for it like does. a year and a half.
0: It kind of does. <laughs> no. It's nasty, dude. I like yeah, it. Yeah, it is It is really neat. Uh, no, I've had this one for a while. I just, I don't know why. I never brought it to the salute. Time to salute our troops with a new mug. On behalf of the Men and Women Make a Podcast in Mom's Basement and the Men and Women in Navy Federal Credit Union, big shout out to our troops who kept us safe all weekend and will keep us safe again this coming week. Here's to you. Let's go stack some Benjamins together now, shall we? Uh
3: Uh-oh. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays.
2: Live from Joe's Mom's Basement, it's... The Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and whoo, am I happy to be here because today we're talking what causes happiness. I'm guessing corn dogs and chili fries, but here to tell us what the longest study on happiness says, we welcome clinical professor of psychiatry at Harvard Medical School, dr robert waldinger for our tiktok minute we look at why you might want to change your voicemail greeting when you're job hunting in our headlines new legislation called secure 2.0 has passed into law what's new we'll dive in plus we'll throw out the haven lifeline to maggie who's looking to get her retirement back on track after moving abroad and then i'll happily share some trivia and now, two guys who wish you happy trails on the way to your retirement. It's Joe and O-J-J-J-J-G.
0: And a happy Monday to you, stackers. You're here. You're with us. Welcome to another episode of the Stacky Benjamin Show. I'm Joe Salci. Hi, Average Joe Money on Twitter. And across the card table from me today, the whistling bandit himself, Mr. O.G. here with
4: us. How are you? The Whistling Bandit. I don't know. Better than the Wet Bandits from Home Alone, which I've seen 600 times in the last six weeks. The Wet
0: Bandits. Yes. The worst nickname on earth. Uh, We got a great show today. Dr. Robert Waldinger joining us, O.G. He is going to tell us from, Doug, as you said earlier, the longest study ever. On happiness. They studied people all the way through their lives. And then now they're studying the children of those first subjects to find out exactly Does what that makes us happy. Dr. Waldinger's like 190 years old. It, either that or he didn't begin the study. He just got the handoff. Huh? And now he is taking up the study. We'll talk to him about exactly how they did that. But wow. we got some new legislation, OG. Congress, apparently, before they said bye-bye, did something, not the craziness going on that we're seeing on the news every day. Instead, we had craziness of passing Secure 2.0. We'll talk about that. TikTok minute. What else could we do? You know what else we could do, Doug? I know what else we could do. How about if we do this? This episode is sponsored by State Farm. you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a state farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. And now, a word from our sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Well, don't worry, Betterment is here to help. Your money's breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money in the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. I'm sure everybody was super excited about that, it's way excited. All right. Dr. Robert Waldinger waking upstairs with mom. I'm just so happy I didn't bite. (laughs) You just stayed out of that one. Let's get this party started.
3: Hello, darlings. And now it's time for your favorite part of the show, our Stacking Benjamin's Headlines.
0: Well, Congress actually got the wheels of government moving and Secure 2.0 is a thing, OG. Just overall, as you've looked through this legislation, what do you think?
4: I like that they're extending the required minimum distributions, although that doesn't affect a whole bunch of people and certainly does affect those who are on the upper end of the income scale or savings scale. But I think uh, keeping government out of your pocket for an extra year, two or three is a pretty cool thing. No matter what age you are. Um, I think the biggest win is being able to put your contributions, your your employer contributions into a Roth. It's going to be taxed differently because companies still deduct that. So it's got to be like a little, there's got to be some tax ramifications there. But again, back to the keeping the government out of your pocket for a little bit longer, I think that's that's probably the better news out of all of it.
0: Yeah, so let's walk through many of these provisions and have you look at them one at a time. Uh, the first one you already mentioned that's on this Forbes list that I have. By the way, if you want to follow along, we'll link to it in our show notes at stackybenjamins.com. Currently, of course, requirement of distributions just last couple of years uh, went from 70 and a half to age 72. Now, as you mentioned, it's age 73. That age is going to be bumped progressively until it reaches 75, effective in 2033. So to your point, OJ yeah, quite a ways away. This, uh, yeah, but here's, here's the question. You know, does this just kind of go along with longevity increasing uh, generally in the population?
4: Uh, yeah, I mean, that's part of the reason why I think it makes sense is because- You've got more and more people that are working into their late 60s and 70s, and um, they don't have to be burdened by this excess withdrawal thing. Now, again, like for most people, this is kind of a non event, right? If you have the luxury to delay your IRA distributions because you have so much money elsewhere in retirement, you know, this is really just kind of a top quarter percentile type deal of people, probably. But, you know, there's some, Trickle down effects there, I think, that help secondary generations and that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, the uh, the penalty for not taking a required minimum distribution. Some of you listening may not know that there has been a fifty percent five zero, not fifteen. Hear that correctly? Fifty percent penalty if you don't take your RMD, your required minimum distribution on time. That's the amount you have to take plus out plus
4: taxes. Right, exactly. Plus the taxes yeah. do if you would have taken yeah. it out.
0: That is just the penalty starting in 2023. That penalty falls to, to just only only 25% still a monster penalty. I don't understand yeah. why they did that one. Actually. I mean, if they're going to make it a penalty, just go ahead and make it a huge penalty because 25% is still big. Why, why do you think they have this change from 50 to 25?
4: I, I don't, I don't, I don't see that one.
0: That seems like if I'm, if I'm running a business, I just keep it at 50. Cause nobody cares. Oh, you got a big penalty. The number could have been a hundred. Catch-up contributions are changing. Good news. Right now, people age 50 and older can make catch-up contributions of $7,500. Hey, that's you guys. Yes. That bumps it up to 10,000 starting in 2025. However, this is only for those between 60 and 63 years old.
4: So there we go. Kind of sort of a top a top tier income bracket folk, right? That that's that's like not only can I do my twenty two and a half, but then I can also do seventy five hundred and an extra twenty five hundred.
0: This is what if you're makes me catch angry up, about it. That's good. Yeah, no, I agree. But this is what makes me frustrated with this stuff. It increasingly, one step at a time, makes all this garbage more complicated. Og, now. At age 50, I can catch up, but only to a certain point. And then starting at age 60, I get another bump up. Now we've just taken this easy to remember catch up contribution and we've now made it two steps before we know it. It's going to be five steps. I mean, every time we do this stuff, we just make it more complicated. I don't understand why they didn't just make it for everybody. One set number.
4: Yeah. And like we've advocated, why not just make it one set number? That's really big. For everybody. Into whatever freaking account you want to put it in. Just do it. Don't even care. Just save it. If your 401k allows you to put it in there, put it in your 401k. If you don't have a 401k, which I know is one of the other things that uh, Secure 2.0 did, put it in your IRA. Like, Who cares? Just have an aggregate total of, you can do 50 grand or you can do 150. I mean, who cares what the number is? Let, let people save money.
0: This Forbes piece makes a good point of, what if inflation runs away again between now and then? Well, luckily, this provision allows the number to be adjusted for inflation. So while it's $10,000 and $20,22, $20, it might be higher if we don't get any inflation under in our control by 2025. So that that number can now change. IRA catch-up contributions will also be adjusted for inflation uh, starting in 2024. Let's talk about 401k enrollment changes. Two things. We now have an automatic minimum contribution of three percent effective in 2025 og so this idea of mandated government mandated opt-in instead of opt-out is a real thing if you go to work for a new company you'll be opted in at a three percent rate to your 401k what do you think about that
4: it's great yep inertia
0: well and i'm going to take it why don't why don't i be the Take the OG curmudgeon role. You know what I don't like about it? If you're going to opt people in, make it a meaningful number.
4: Hold on. What's the OG curmudgeon role? I've never heard of this. (laughs) I have a role of being a curmudgeon. No, no, I I should. Maybe I should act on that a little bit more. If I mean, if we're rewriting storylines and, uh, you know. This is new to you? Yeah. I mean, apparently, (laughs) is this a new, I I, I must've missed the meeting where we turned OG into a curmudgeon. I don't.
0: Well, let me just, (sighs) let me just say this. If you're gonna opt people in OG, let's make it a meaningful number, three percent. Really, really.
4: Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Three is greater than zero, though. It is.
0: Now, the good news is, this as an and, employee, uh, hold on a second.
4: Yeah, the, doesn't this also have an automatic escalation? You know, the three percent thing is lower. Companies have the option to make that higher. They can they can make that mandatory minimum number higher, and they have to increase it. Every year up to at least ten percent, so it like within one percent increment so if so if your company, Joe, you decide, hey three percent sucks, we're gonna do five, that's cool. You can auto enroll at five and do a mandatory one percent every year up to ten, and you can go all the way up to fifteen, so so I will get there, yeah, which is you know the way to do it. I mean, who was the person that we had on a couple of months ago that was talking about spending being in like different tranches of your life? When you're 22 and you get your first job, you don't have any, any real expenses other than rent and food. So you save like crazy or you have the opportunity to. And then when you're like 38 with three kids, a mortgage, a home equity loan, two cars, you know, your like savings rate plummets. And then, you know, you kind of get out of that and, you know, your income catches up and all that other sort of stuff. So it makes sense to like have these small adjustments. It makes it a lot easier to aggregate all of that savings.
0: If you're a part-time employee working for a company with a 401k, it actually this uh, legislation makes the process quicker to get you eligible for the 401k. Took it from a thousand hours to 500 hours or more for the last three consecutive years, starting in 2021. So your eligibility uh, increased. Roth accounts eligible for matching. Og, you already talked about this one that uh, now Roth accounts can be matched. Although you did say there's going to be a little tax tweak there. Yep. Listen to this. Companies can match student loan debt payments. If you're paying off student loan debt, often people are worried about, do I save into my 401k or do I pay off my student loans? Well, now you can kind of do both by paying your money towards student loans and your company now matches that student loan repayment as a 401k contribution.
4: Helps. Yep. Absolutely. But it doesn't match into the student loan. No. They're not additionally paying off your student loan. They're putting no. a contribution into your 401k as if you right. were contributing to your 401k. Yeah.
0: Right. So they're making the four of, part of, the, you know, what would be some 401k contribution. So it helps you solve that problem of which do I do? You focus on the student loans, get that paid off. Uh 529s. How about this one, OG? if you've got money left in your 529 plan after college, I think uh I think we had uh, some callers just a few weeks ago asking us about this question. If we had a problem there, you can now roll excess money out of your 529 plan into an IRA. This is after 15 years and it's a Roth IRA. You roll yeah. it into a Roth IRA after 15 years uh, and it's for the beneficiary, not for the person that put the money in. The beneficiary now can take it as a Roth IRA instead.
4: Yeah. Um, up to the contribution limit of, you know, this year, $6,500. And you can go up to 35 k per person. And it's got to be, you're basically pulling forward those contribution amounts for the next couple of years, kind of like you do with a 529. You know how like in a 529, you can say, well, I want to pull, I want to put a whole bunch in today. And it counts as like a five-year contribution. You can't do any more for five years. It's kind of the same deal for, for the Roth. My devil's advocate side of this one, sorry, my new role of being a curmudgeon is- um, There it is. I actually there it think, is. Well, I'm just trying to, I, I mean, I've missed the meeting, so I lean just- Lean in. You know, just lean into it. Yeah. Lean into this new, new OG. let see if it comes naturally. <laughs> it may not come as naturally as you guys think. The, uh, <laughs> I can't even say that with a straight face. <laughs> I think leftover 529 money- is way better as a 529 for the next generation than it is to give it to the current generation and Roth, because there's I was some chance same
0: thing. Yeah. a
4: very good chance that you're back to being 25. And you know, not really the smartest with money. Generally there's a really good chance that that 25 year old goes, yeah, I'm going to use this money. I'm going to use it. And you know, the biggest issue with 529s and Roths, in my opinion is that they're, they're so multi-generational in that you can like, literally create this education trust that in two generations from now has tens of millions of dollars. That'll be tax free forever. And, and the IRS is kind of scared of that potentiality. So they go, Oh, well let's just let them take it out and then see if they do dumb stuff with it. So I don't know. It's better than leaving it. Like if you don't have any, you know, next generation people to give it to or whatever, uh, it's better than paying a penalty. That's for darn sure. So it could be a good way to kickstart your kid, you know, hey, you graduate college, and there's thirty five k there you know I wonder from a planning standpoint if that's going to change people's planning assumptions of I don't want to have enough for college, I want to have enough for college and thirty five grand because you know you put thirty five grand in a in a roth i r a for a twenty two year old any ideas how much that is at sixty two a lot correct that is the exact answer. <laughs> Yeah, it's six hundred thousand bucks. So, you know, give or take. Good start. Yeah.
0: Well, and this is, OG, I think, another problem being solved that wasn't a problem at all, to your point. I think that uh, you know, a lot of guests we have on here talk about families not thinking enough about building intergenerational wealth in the 529, if you used it the way that it was used to be, it was designed to be intergenerational. It was designed so that if you put too much money in it, it went to the next generation and could become the family, quote, education trust. Yeah. Not the case anymore. I mean, could still be the case, I suppose, if you decide to do that. But now you've got the option to take it sooner. And what do we know about people? They take it sooner. Yeah. ABLE accounts. ABLE accounts have big changes. Used to be ABLE accounts you could set up if you had your disability before age 26. That has now changed to 46. I think that's a that is a big, big, big change to ABLE accounts emergency savings. We talked about this one last week, OG. You can now contribute to a Roth for your emergency savings. The maximum savings amount in a year is $2,500. You can make four withdrawals a year now from your Roth. What could possibly go wrong there?
4: I just sigh. Sigh emoji. Better than nothing, I guess. Yes.
0: But all in all, and we'll link to this again, and also we'll talk about strategies. Kevin will have strategies in the 201 for everybody. That's our free newsletter tomorrow, com slash 201 to subscribe to our free newsletter. He's going to talk about strategies in all these areas. Uh, he curates some of the best spots around the internet that have talked about all of these things. But OG, all in all, big net positive for people looking at saving.
4: Overall, yeah, absolutely. I like it a lot. <laughs>
0: Time for our TikTok Minute. This is the part of the show where we shine a light on a TikTok creator, either doing something brilliant or hashtag brilliant. Now we know what OG thinks about these. So Doug, we're going to you. Is this one going to be brilliant or hashtag brilliant? You know, I I think
2: you want to get this year started off correctly, Joe. You want to make people think that we're actually sharing useful knowledge with them. So I think we're going full on academically
0: brilliant. I think, Doug, you might have nailed it because uh, this guy has a lesson, I believe, for all of us. I've been applying for jobs, and some have called me back, and I just realized I haven't changed my voicemail greeting
4: since I got my first iPhone.
0: (laughs) What up, what up? Thanks for hollering at your
2: boy. Leave me a message and I'll get back to you. Or hit me up on MySpace. Oh, shizzle. How many?
0: (laughs) Hit me up on MySpace oh shizzle <laughs> but seriously i have i i realized listening to this that i have not checked my my voicemail greeting on my iphone in forever you guys check your what the hell you're saying on your no. iphone no no but i mean
2: with a voice like mine would you have changed oh, you it cook. in 20 years
0: but, n- but knowing you you said something like out there you would have said myspace hit me up on the
4: myspace On the MySpace. There's a chance. On the MySpace or the Facebook. (laughs) Facebooks. The Facebooks. The Facebooks. Yeah, there's a chance. I
0: found uh I found I had one friend on MySpace. This is how much I use MySpace. My friend's name was Tom. (laughs) Remember Tom from MySpace, who was
4: your automatic first friend? Hey. No? No. Wasn't a thing for me.
2: Did MySpace come automatically preloaded on the Zune that you owned?
4: or on the Windows phone. Easy. I'm I'm right here. Right here. <laughs> I know it didn't come on my Palm Pilot. How about the Blackberry? Blackberry was the thing. Was one of those too. I've got a whole case of these. Yeah. <laughs> a whole, whole yeah. drawer full the of them. drawer
2: pagers. I have a friend who's still buying them off of eBay or wherever he can find them cuz he insists on having a physical keyboard. It's a bizarre attachment he has, but he's I don't even know if you can still. Will they connect to any they call networks? those laptops? Yeah, I know. <laughs> <They> call,
4: <laughs> I can type text messages from my computer now. I don't even have. And to And he's have got a, phone. a
2: giant holster that attaches to his belt for his laptop. Yes. <laughs>
0: yes. Dragging his leg. <laughs> That's how he got his disabled parking space right there. Yeah, not good. Uh, Doctor Robert Waldinger is a professor of psychiatry at Harvard Medical School. Director of the Harvard study of adult development at Massachusetts general hospital, co-founder of the lifespan research foundation. He's done a thing. Biggest thing he's done though, is come down to the basement to talk about happiness. He's got a brand new book where he talks about happiness and what truly makes us happy from the longest study on happiness in history. He uh, took over the study a number of years ago, and we're going to hear from him about what truly makes us happy. But Doug, before we get there, I think uh, you've got a little pontification on happiness. I've got something that'll make everybody else pontificate. Hey there, stackers. I'm Joe's
2: mom's neighbor, Doug, and I bet I know what makes people happy. Let me see. uh, uh, Leaving scathing Yelp reviews after an unexpectedly bad meal at a bowling alley. Probably. Seeing the disappointment in a pigeon's eyes as you eat the bread crust yourself. Or uh, when the barista turns their back at the moment you're supposed to tip. That's the best. Yeah, good times. What seems to make the kids happy these days, though, is taking selfies, because that's all I see them do. On this day, the iPhone was announced in 2007, one of the first phones with a camera. Also on this day, the first photo of a person was published, but it definitely wasn't posted on Instagram. My question is, what year did that happen? Was it 1738, 1838, or 1938? I'll be back right after I find my light, tilt my head forward and slightly to the side and
0: purse my lips. But, you know, not too much. Well, if you're new to Stacking Benjamins, you may not know that I've tried out a lot of personal finance apps. I like to be a guinea pig and try out all these things so I know what I'm talking about when it comes to You're going to get an extended 30-day free trial to try it out like I try out many different apps. And this one was sticky for me because, well, you'll see when you try out the 30-day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash Benjamins for your extended 30-day free trial. Well, you know what I think about Navy Federal? I think about the veterans that have done so much for our country Navy Federals insured by NCUA, equalizing lender.
2: Hey there, stackers. I'm grouper model Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. The first photo of a human actually looks like an empty Parisian street. But that's because most things like trams and walkers and mimes were moving too fast to show up only two men, wait, did you catch the joke there with the mimes moving fa- anyway only two men one holding his foot up on a shoe shine board and the other shining his shoes remained visible in the shot those were the first two people to be published in a photo so what year was it 1838 that's the day that capturing happiness was born hmm, wonder how many years it took before people realized that true happiness was taking photos of every meal you ate And now, to help you capture your true
1: happiness, let's say hello to Dr. Robert Waldinger. And Dr. Bob Waldinger joins us. How are you? I am good, and I'm really glad to be here, Joe. Thanks for having me.
0: Well, I'm happy you're here too. Obviously, anybody talking about happiness, that's what we're all after. I want to begin, Bob, with this 2007 survey of millennials that you have in the author's notes right at the beginning of the book. Because I think, especially for a money show, this really frames what we're after, maybe what we're not after. Can you, do you remember that study? Can you tell me about it?
1: Oh, yeah. They surveyed thousands of millennials and asked them, What are your major life goals? And about 80%, eight out of 10, said that their major life goal was to become rich, not
0: just to get their material needs met, but to become rich. And what's interesting is did they follow them or have you seen the same thing in your bigger studies that people when they're young, that's the main goal? Yes. And some people,
1: even when they're older, the financial bottom line is the only metric they can imagine for having a meaningful, good life. And so that's what they stick to, but especially young people. And I think it's because we get these messages all day long from the culture that, you know, if you have lots of money, if you buy these things, life will be good.
0: Yeah. Well, and that's what was frustrating to me was that it was also not just being rich, Bob, it was the trappings of being rich, right? You guys looked into that. Oh yeah. Material
1: things. What we found actually was that When you use your discretionary income to buy material objects, you're less happy for less long than if you use your discretionary income to have experiences, particularly with other people, you know, going on a vacation with your family or tickets to a basketball game with a friend. Any of those things makes you happier for longer than buying the next flashy car or the next big screen TV. Well, let's
0: dive into exactly the project that you're involved because this this project is a hell of a lot older than you are. This project is yes. this project <laughs> has been around for a good long time. Tell me about the project you're involved in. It's
1: 85 years old. It started in 1938 and it's the longest study of the same people that's ever been done. Started with teenagers And followed them all the way through to the end of their lives to look at what helps people thrive and what things don't make people thrive so much. And now we've expanded to all their children. So we're talking thousands of people over 85 years.
0: Is it not an accident that this began during the Great Depression time? Because it seems like that time, when you say 1938, it seems like there was so much sadness then. Was that intentional at that point that we really need to see what makes people happy? There
1: was a lot of doom and gloom in the culture. But in addition, one of the arguments of the founders of this study was we've spent so much time and so much money studying what goes wrong with people. Why don't we study what goes right with people? And so it was this kind of flipping it on its head to study normal development.
0: You write also in the author's notes, Bob, that a good life is a complicated life. And really defining a good life is complicated. Tell me, how is it complicated? Well, what we know from all
1: these life stories is that everybody has hard times. Everybody has hardship. Everybody struggles with things. The reason why it's important to name that is that it's easy to look at other people, especially if you look at their social media posts and say, Oh, boy, everybody else is always at a beautiful beach, or they're always about to dive into a beautiful plate of food, right? And everybody else has life figured out except me. And what we can tell you from studying thousands of people is not true. Everybody struggles. Life is filled with hard times. And we would argue that's part of what makes life richer and more interesting for most of us
0: it is so it is so interesting that i'll go on social media myself and i find myself almost universally (laughs) depressed afterwards these beautiful people doing beautiful things all the time and you know i'm sitting in my house which is man it's a nice place and i have a nice life but turning that thing off it seems to be so much better for me you tell some great stories throughout the book of some of the subjects early in the book, you tell a story about Henry and Rosa. Can, can you give me a little snippet about them? Because I think this is just a good glimpse into the average person that you talk
1: about, Bob. Sure. Henry and Rosa were from the poorest neighborhoods of Boston in 1938. They were from actually one of the most disadvantaged, troubled sets of families. And Which then,
0: Bob, and not to cut you off, well, I initially think when you say that for that first couple sentences, I think these people are going to be more unhappy. They're going to struggle more in their life, right? So their happiness meter is going to be way less if they're from this really poor upbringing. Exactly.
1: And Henry and Rosa are a great example of a couple who had a wonderful life, had a really rich fulfilling life. And a lot of it had to do with their connections with each other. They had a very solid marriage and their connections with friends and family. And that what we find over and over again in studying thousands of people is that the people who had the warmest, richest connections were happiest, healthiest. They were also most successful at work.
0: Wow. So relationships, really, would you say, you know, the the millennials said it was riches, was number one, being rich. Would you put relationship then as number one if you had to look at your study so far? I would.
1: I would say if you're going to do one thing in your life to try to have a good life, it would be invest in your connections with other people, that it has huge payoff.
0: Does this mean that the introverts have it harder, Bob?
1: (laughs) No, but it's a great question. So in fact, introverts just need fewer people. They actually find being with lots of people exhausting, but they need people. They just need a smaller number of people. And that's not abnormal. It's not a problem. In fact, it's just fine.
0: On that note, we already opened up with one myth about happiness, this idea that uh, money brings happiness. What are some other myths that you found over the years are associated with happiness that may or may not be true? Well,
1: Another big goal of those millennials that they surveyed was to become famous. Being famous doesn't make you happier. It doesn't make you less happy either. It's just neutral. It's there. And similarly, people thought that, boy, I need to achieve a lot at work. And one of the things we find is that work achievement doesn't predict whether you're going to be happy. In fact, when when people were in their 80s, we said, look back on your lives and tell us what you most regret. And a lot of the people looking back on their lives said, I wish I hadn't spent so much time at work and I wish I had spent more time with the people I care about.
0: Boy, that's big, especially for a show like ours. I feel like our listenership sometimes need to hear that because people obviously listen to a money show, money oriented, know that spending more time at work sometimes can equate to more money. Tell me about correlations though with money and happiness. Where do the correlations actually lie there? Are there some? There are some. So what we know is that you need to have your basic
1: material needs met in order to be happy. So below uh, one survey said $75,000 annual household income. Below that, people are less and less happy. And the lower you go below 75K, the less happy you are. But the the higher you get above 75,000 and the, the amount may vary a little bit, but the high the more money you make, your happiness doesn't really go up very much. So yes, you need your basic material needs met and beyond that, money doesn't correlate with
0: happiness. Find it in other ways. What is the relationship between health and happiness? Strong relationship. So the other big finding
1: of our study was that if you take care of your body, you're happier as well as obviously healthier. So what that means is getting that health care that you need to get, going for those checkups, getting regular exercise, not becoming obese, not abusing alcohol or drugs, all of those things really matter to keeping you both healthier and happier.
0: That's interesting. So is longevity then also tied to happiness?
1: Yes. People who are happier on average live longer. No one person can say, gee, if I'm happier, I'll live to be 100. Yeah. But on average, the people who have a greater sense of well-being stay healthier and therefore live longer.
0: We've seen studies before, Bob, about people that like feel like they have a mission in life, right? That they have something that they have to do. I'm thinking especially about one study where in a nursing home, half of the people living there were given a plant and they had to take care of the plant, make sure the plant stayed alive. The other half were just left to themselves to do whatever. The people that had to take care of the plant lived longer uh, on aggregate than people that just were left to their own is there a connection then between purpose and happiness there is
1: and there's a connection between purpose and longevity as you said you know that the people who say this is why i get up in the morning this is what my life is about are happier stay healthier live longer and that could be anything it could be taking care of a plant or a pet. It could be taking care of grandchildren. It could be mentoring your younger coworkers at the office. There could be so many purposes, but you want to have some sense of what means something to you and whether you can live out that purpose day to day. One of the big questions that retirees ask is, do I still matter? And what we know is that everybody wants to feel like they matter somewhere, somehow to somebody.
0: That's amazing. It seems like, too, for the older people in your life, uh, just telling them they matter, like having those discussions, I think, would be great for you and great for the older people in your life. I was wondering, you know, we, we began by talking about the importance of relationships and about how relationships are number one. And we just talked about purpose. It would seem to me then that purposeful relationships, like working on building this purposeful relationship, more important than one that's just to get together and play cards. Is that true or not at all? Not at all.
1: <laughs> it turns out you can have all
0: kinds of different relationships, right? So, yes,
1: purposeful relationships, like together we're going to work on this project. Great. It's actually one of the things that brings people together, you know, volunteering for a political campaign or the combat climate change or whatever your passion is. But there are also relationships where we just play cards together. You know, we just go on hikes together. Those are absolutely as important, as impactful, as beneficial. There are all kinds of ways to have connections
0: with other people and they all work. Which goes back to complication, right? The com- how complicated having a good life really is that a fabric, I guess, of a real yeah. fabric makes a good life.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, to emphasize that point that different kinds of relationships are really helpful. So we have some relationships that are for fun. We have some relationships where we help somebody or they help us. We have other relationships where we share our most important secrets and concerns all kinds of different relationships are useful to us and and in many ways what we want to be sure of is that we have a collection of different kinds of relationships in our lives if we can manage that is the word happiness too broad you know i think happiness is really a momentary feeling if we think about you know Am I feeling happy right now? Yeah, I'm talking to you. It's fun. We're having a good conversation. But an hour from now, I might be really annoyed at something. I'm <laughs> be happy. I won't be happy right then. So happiness is like an up and down thing. So I like to think about well-being. This kind of bedrock of things are okay. I've got the ingredients in my life that mean that things are generally okay even when I'm annoyed, even when I'm having a bad day. Uh, It's a kind of safety net that we build that can make happiness more likely moment to moment. But that expecting to be happy all day long is a complete pipe dream. Nobody's happy all the time.
0: (laughs) Yeah, much more about this overall satisfaction. I like your term well-being, I think think way better. Is well-being then more of a mindset, I guess, if I'm optimistic about my well-being and about the fact that things are going to be okay, have you seen that that optimism actually breeds more contentment?
1: Optimism does breed more contentment, and it's not clear that we can control whether we're optimistic or not. Some of us are born more optimistic temperamentally, right? And you know, some of us are Tiggers and some of us are eors. you know, some of us are kind of gloomy and we see the glasses half empty all the time. And so we can't totally control it, but there are ways to reframe things. So one of the things we know is that a gratitude practice actually makes us happier and feel better about our lives. So if I'm in a bad mood, but I think, okay, well, what do I have to be grateful for? it's really helpful to call those things to mind. Like, you know, my wife, like what would life be like for me if I hadn't met my wife? Well, it wouldn't be so good. What would life be like for me if I didn't have my close colleague, Mark, who I wrote this book with? Well, our research wouldn't have been nearly as good. So you think of the what if- What if I hadn't had this in my life? And it can make you start feeling really grateful for your life. And that's a helpful exercise, especially when you're feeling kind of crummy about things.
0: You've done far more research than I have on this, but I've had this thought recently looking back on my life that the more gratitude I feel, the more grateful I am, the more riches seem to follow me. And maybe that is just a sense of well-being and happiness because as I realize That I have friends around me, I have people around me, I have people that would take care of me if things go badly, that then I feel this well-being, which makes me feel a richness. I don't know if there's anything there scientifically, but it's certainly what you're saying rings true.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And there is, you know, if you think
1: about it, if you smile at people, they smile back. They might make conversation. They might, you know, if you walk into a room frowning, maybe maybe just because you're concerned about something else going on in your life, but you you walk into a room frowning, the message is, eh, don't come near me. If you walk in and you're smiling, you're giving off that kind of energy, people respond. And so I think what you're saying is that you can kind of give off messages of, come approach me. Or you can give off messages to stay away. And that makes a big difference in how easy it is for us to connect with other people.
0: It's funny. You saying that reminds me of another question I wanted to ask you that I nearly forgot, Bob, which was there's a fascinating study you talk about about a stranger on a train. And the setup for everybody is, is that you and I are sitting across from each other on a train do you make conversation or not? Or, you know, even on an airplane. And generally, by the way, if the person next to me on an airplane starts talking, I'm like, oh God, no. Oh, please, 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 (laughs) please, please, no. But this study showed something a little different and it's not the same thing we were talking about, but a little related. Can you, can you talk about the the stranger on the train? Absolutely. Some researchers got two groups of people
1: who were about to take a subway train and gave them an assignment randomly. Some of them were assigned to do what they usually do, which is to keep to themselves, look at their phones, listen to music, read the paper, whatever they did. Other people were assigned to talk to a stranger while they were on the train. And they asked people, how how much do you think you're going to enjoy this assignment we've just given to you? And the people who were assigned to talk to strangers uniformly Zero. said, we're not going to like this. Zero. <laughs> right. this, this is gonna not going to be fun. So they, then they went through, they did their assignments and afterwards they asked them again, how much did you enjoy your train ride? The people who had to talk to strangers were way happier at the end and enjoyed it much more than the people who kept to themselves. And it's, it's, it's an indication that we're not always so good at anticipating what's going to be fun, what's going to make us happy, and that's useful to remember. I love
0: that because it brings up this these surprises in life, these things that where you don't expect to get happiness, and then it's there. And I think about all the great conversations I've had on airplanes with strangers, <laughs> even though I hate doing it. Go in. I've I've met some phenomenally interesting people on planes, which brings me, I think, to my to my next question, which is. You've obviously done this, not just this amazing project that the two of you have done with this book, but obviously the project that envelops so many more years. What has surprised you most, Bob? What has been the thing that's been the biggest wow, I didn't see that coming?
1: Well, first of all, the importance of connection. I did not see that relationships would turn out to be so powerful. You know, that loneliness would be as bad for you as smoking or obesity, right? So I didn't see that. I think the other thing I didn't see was how much people can change, how much our lives can change as we go through life. You know, you think you see somebody's on a certain path and, oh, their lives are going to be on this path the whole time. And then people make all kinds of changes Even late in life, even in their 60s and 70s and 80s, you know, they might find love or they might find a whole new hobby or a whole new group of friends late in life. So I think that one of the take home messages that I find most hopeful is that we don't know how life is going to turn out, even if we think we know, and that all kinds of changes can happen throughout our lives.
0: I love this idea of the magic of a pivot that things can change at any point and it's never a time when you should, you know, pack it in and give up like the train is running out out of the station. My last question today, what's what's the biggest takeaway? I asked you the biggest surprise. What's the biggest takeaway or maybe a non-obvious takeaway that you hope people get from this book?
1: Biggest takeaway is to be active in taking care of your relationships. Think of it Like you would think of physical fitness, you don't go to the gym today and then say, okay, I'm done. I never have to do that again. Think of social fitness in that way. Think of taking care of your relationships as something you do every day, every week, rather than spending yet another weekend afternoon on my laptop doing my research work. I've started calling up friends and saying, let's go for a walk. Let's have coffee that it's that active engagement with the people we care about that really pays off.
0: The book is the good life lessons from the world's longest scientific study of happiness. And it's available everywhere. I think. Yeah. Hope so. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for talking happiness here with us early in the year, Bob. I really appreciate it.
1: Joe, this was a pleasure. Thanks for having me. This is Scott from California. When I'm not hiking at national parks, I'm stacking Benjamins.
0: Big thanks to Dr. Waldinger for joining us. Doug, I don't think it was a mistake, by the way, getting back to your trivia before we talk about happiness, that the iPhone with its camera came out the same day that the first photo of a human came. I think very seriously, I think Apple planned that on purpose. I think Steve Jobs planned that on purpose. I do think that was... Very
4: seriously? You think this very seriously? I do. He's thought about it very seriously.
0: No, I think that they did it on purpose. It was like their marketing thing. You know what I mean? Hey, we're reinventing the camera. So we're going to do this on the same day. Like they could have picked 364 other days. Why'd they pick today? It was
2: because yeah, of this. And that's the one feature of all of the things that that iPhone could do in o seven that were just absolutely groundbreaking. That's the one feature they decided hey, we're going to line this up. Not the day Alexander Graham Bell invented the phone, and also
4: didn't tell anybody.
0: Well, because it was a it was a big day for cameras. I mean, the fact that we took a picture of a person. Mm-hmm. No, you no, don't think, I think so, you're right, Joe? I I think I am I right. Think you nailed it. Look that up for your next trivia, there, Doug. But let's let's move on. Oh gee, not a surprise that people that were in less wealthy families as happy, if not happier than people growing up with wealth their entire life. Not really a huge aha for you and I, yeah, but maybe nope. a lot of maybe a huge aha for some of these people though that are chasing Benjamins because they think it's going to make them happier. Not the case.
4: Yeah, just chase it cuz it makes you angrier. Is that what, is that, is that, does that fit the narrative? That probably doesn't. That, I'm still trying to nail it. i don't I'm trying to exactly hone in on this new character, curmudgeonly character. The funny
2: thing is, he's low-key curmudgeon about being curmudgeonly. <laughs>
0: yes, absolutely. Can't you hear
2: it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> he's trying to mask it and sort of put a veil of jocularity around it, but he's so pissed off. <laughs> that we're calling this out,
0: which makes it better. But I love this idea. I love this idea that if you're just in the moment, I think it's much more OG about being in the moment that makes you happy. Don't get me wrong. You know, He still talks about the fact that you need to get to a certain level, that seventy, eighty thousand 80,000 number level after inflation is probably much higher now, but um, you still need to get to a certain level where it can make you happier. But it's much more about just being present. Me being with you two
4: makes me joyous. My presence is your present.
0: <laughs> Let's know with Haven life line. I don't know where to go and tackle some of life's most important questions. Our friends at Haven life insurance agency, OG, they put what you value first.
4: Uh, yeah. I'm just going to, I'm going to have to go watch some movies here. Kind of channel my inner, maybe Walt Kowalski. Um, that's not <laughs> it. Maybe maybe a little Carl Fredrickson from up. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little, Hello, I am a uh, Scoutmaster, whatever his name is. Uh, you know, he goes to help the old man. I feel like that movie was about me, part of it.
2: You know what's funny? That could be us, guys. Joe's the Boy Scout. OG is the old man. And who am I? You're the
0: dead wife. <laughs> no, you're <joking>. <laughs> 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 I thought I nailed it.
2: What an ass.
4: I am Doug. <laughs> yes. Yes. No, you're the dog, obviously. Oh,
0: dog! You're, you're the dead sorry. wife nobody sees. Sorry. <laughs> I got it. Sorry, I messed that up. Uh, I don't know where we're at here, guys, but I think it's it's your loved ones and your time. This what it says here. Oh, my God. My <laughs> it's why been, it's been like a half an hour. I know. It's why they've been buying quality term life insurance. It's actually simple. You go to stackingbeduments.com slash Haven Life now for a free quote. Love what they're doing at Haven Life here in 2023. Get your insurance in order. You know that you need it. They have affordable prices. Their application simple. It's online. You get an instant coverage decision. All policies issued by their parent company, Mass Mutual, more than 160 year old insurer. And you know what you should do? In the comments, tell them that we sent you. Make sure that they know that Stacking Benjamin sent you to them so you can also let them know how much we helped you get things in order. Stackingbenjamin's.com slash Haven Life. Uh, today, we're going to throw out the lifeline to our new friend, Maggie. Happy New Year, Maggie.
3: Hi, Joe, G, and Doug. My name is Maggie. I'm a long-time listener and first-time caller. My partner and I moved abroad for his job in late 2021, and I've been unemployed ever since due to unforeseen circumstances. I'm nervous about losing out on a year of saving for retirement in the usual methods, but will be back in the U.S. for three weeks in late December and can hopefully sort something out. I'm thinking of just throwing $6,000 into a Vanguard brokerage account and mentally treating that like a retirement account. Uh, $6,000 because we can make that work. And that is the Roth IRA max this year. I have a Vanguard Roth IRA from previous employment, but I don't think I can do much with that right now due to having no income. I will be working in 2023, thankfully. So this is just a 2022 problem. Also, my partner and I are not married, so there's no spousal contribution option. Any guidance on what you would recommend I do would be very much appreciated. Thank you
0: thank you for the call, Maggie. You know, what's funny, OG is, this I'm listening to her call as she's talking. I'm thinking, well, the good thing you can do the spousal. And she goes, and hey, my partner and I are not
4: married. And I go, oh, man, there it goes. Yeah. So, tell that slacker to put a ring on it. Come on. It'd be easier for taxes.
0: Yeah. What if Maggie doesn't want that ring though? Maggie's like, no, thank you. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe not. But what does she do? OG? What does she, where does she go with this?
4: This is the best of the worst case scenario I think, right? I mean, when you contribute for retirement, you have to have earnings to put money in a retirement account, whether it's a 401k, 403b, Roth IRA, any of those things. And if you don't have a uh, any earned income, you can't contribute to a retirement account. The reality, however, is that everything's a retirement account until you designate it something else. Having a whole bunch of money in a Roth is a really good idea, but having money in a pre-tax account is a good idea too. And having money in a brokerage account for retirement is a great idea also. So there's nothing wrong with having retirement money, not in a retirement sheltered account. You're going to want to have some flexibility anyway. So the fact that you're able to put away some money for last year is fantastic. If it can't go into a retirement specific account, that's okay too. No big deal. So cool. Put it in a brokerage account and move on with life. And there it is. I don't think it has to be complicated, I
0: think, is your answer, OG.
4: No. I mean, money is to be used however you decide to use it. Just because it's not in a, you know, an account that says retirement on it doesn't mean it's not for retirement. I have clients that have rental properties that they consider their retirement. I'm going to sell this when it comes time to retire. That's a retirement account.
0: And this is why, by the way, Maggie, people like accounts like, and we don't have any Relationship with the Ally Bank, but they like the Ally Bank high yield savings because, oh, gee, you can set up these different buckets. So people sometimes say, Hey, I like the IRA, the Roth IRA, because it says to me right on the statement what it is. And I know that Ally Bank high yield savings because I use it. You can separate that into separate buckets. We do have a relationship with Cube Money, and I like using Cube Money because when I deposit my check, I can put it into a grocery cube. I can put some into my board game cube. I can put it into all these different cubes for different things. So even though there isn't a government-sponsored program like a Roth IRA available, you can still find accounts that do that, or you don't even need to rely on Ally or, or Cube. You just make it whatever you want to make it. Yep. Thanks for the question, Mag. If you've got a question for us, head to com slash voicemail, and that will lead you to our little program that records a message to us and you could have OG answer your questions succinctly like he did Maggie's uh, today. And because she was brave, we're also sending Maggie out a uh, Haven Life greatest show on earth circus t-shirt, which is Maggie, very comfortable and uh, glad you've been with us for a long time. Thanks for hanging out with us. Well, that's going to do it for today. If you are somebody that hasn't hung out with us for as long as Maggie has, Uh, You may not know that we work on many different platforms, not just on audio, but we also do lives on Instagram and on a small but quickly growing app called Fireside, where you can ask some questions of our guests as we interview them for the show. Uh, We also have the newsletter we mentioned earlier called the 201 that does deeper dives into all the topics. We talk about trying to make these things as usable as possible so that you can go out and stack Benjamins. To get a guide on all of those places where you can find us, YouTube, wherever it might be, stackybenjamins.com slash welcome takes you to the free guide of all the different platforms that we're on. But if you're concerned more about the market and chatter about recessions and all the craziness going on. OG and his team have put together a free guide that shares eight moves to make in a down market. This guide will help you plan more and panic less no matter what the market does. So head over to stackybenjamins.com slash guide and get this helpful free guide from OG, com slash guide. And I think we all want to panic less in 2023. I liked last week, let's overcommit less I also like uh, Dr. Waldinger today. Let's be happy more. Let's be in the present more. A lot of good stuff to kick off 2023. Can't wait to, for you guys to see what we have next. Speaking of that, on Wednesday's show coming up, you want to join us because we're not only going to talk to somebody from Vanguard about investing differently in inflationary times. Are there things you should be doing differently? We'll talk about that during our headline. But our feature guest is... Dr. Myra Strober from Stanford talking about money and love. So today we're about happiness. Wednesday we'll be talking money and love. And uh, some interesting findings these ladies have, how money might change the game for you and your relationships. This is news? <laughs> I think it actually is news. Okay. Reading her book, this gets a lot deeper than I even thought. I'm, I was I was wow, very cool. surprised. Yeah, yeah. But, Doug, you got it from here, man. What should we have learned today? Well, Joe, first, take some advice from Dr.
2: Waldinger. Looking for happiness? Well, don't wait until you build your stack to try and have some fun. Set milestones along the way to enjoy the process. Second, Secure 2.0? I think it's time to get to know this new legislation and maybe tweak your plan to fit the new guidelines. But the big lesson? Kids today take the selfie for granted. Back in my day, we had to hold still for at least half an hour to show up. Thanks to Dr. Robert Waldinger for joining us today. Find his work and TEDx talk at robertwaldinger.com. We'll also include links in our show notes at stackingbenjamins.com. This show is the property of SP Podcasts, LLC, copyright 2023, and is created by Joe Salcijad. Our producer is Karen Repine. The show is written by the brilliant Paulette Perhatch, with help from me, Joe, and Doc G from the Earn and Invest podcast. Take a deeper dive into all the topics we cover on each episode by checking out our newsletter, The 201. You'll find the 411 on all things money at The 201. Just go to stackingbenjamins.com slash 201. Tina Eichenberg makes the video version of this show. And once we bottle up all this goodness, we ship it to our engineer, the amazing Steve Stewart. Steve helps the rest of our team sound nearly as good as I do right now. Want to chat with friends about the show later? Mom's friend Gertrude is our social media coordinator and the room mother in our Facebook group called The Basement.
0: Wait, are you waiting for something else? What else could you possibly be waiting for? The show's over. Well, if you need something else, let me tell you about the holidays and about how the holidays wreak havoc on so many people's personal financial situation. And that's why it makes sense to partner up with Navy Federal Credit Union to pay down credit card debt. You could get a low intro APR and balance transfers that are platinum credit card that will allow you to pay less interest to quote the man and more going toward the bottom line while you're cleaning up the mess. The big goal is, is to change the behavior, right? And so learning to get a budget in place, learning to go maybe cash only for a while, while you get those good habits together and then move your interest to low interest spots like the platinum credit card from Navy federal can help a bunch. It's their lowest rate credit card and a great tool to help you pay down debt. Navy Federal can also help you on your next home improvement project. Remember, you always want to have a debt strategy. If you're looking at improving the value of your house, improving the livability, and you need a loan, well, then Navy Federal can help you there. They offer a home equity line of credit with convenient access to funds when you need them at a variable rate. You can also get a fixed rate equity loan that has set monthly payments for large purchases Consolidating debt with a home equity loan could also streamline and lower your monthly payments. Put together your entire plan and then go to NavyFederal.org and decide how the wonderful things that they have there, like the fixed rate equity loan, the home equity line of credit, or the platinum credit card, can help you. Learn more at NavyFederal.org. Our members are the mission. Insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lending. Membership required. Loan subject to approval. Call 1-888-842-6328 for details about credit costs and terms. HELOC APR as low as 6.5%
3: as of November 23rd, 2022. Oh, I finished Terminal List last night. I,
2: I forgot that I had one episode left, and uh, I saw the safe room that was in that amazing house they, they filmed in. I wonder if they build those into retrofit houses. Which one is that one again? Terminal List? Chris Pratt. It's the one I didn't love it. You were the, you were the one who recommended it to me, and I, we laughed at it at first, and it got better, and I just had to finish it because it was nagging on me. It was one of my 2023 goals. It's to finish Terminal List.
4: Nice.
0: So check that box. Bam. We finished Wednesday. Wednesday was uh, really good. Everybody's talking about that. Wednesday was really good. If you like the Harry Potter stuff, and uh, Sabrina was a little darker, but still equally as campy, that kind of thing. Tim Burton did a really good job. Like I feel like Tim Burton hasn't done a good job of something in a long time. And uh, this was was super. It really is just a detective story. Around the Adams family, you know, and the characters of the Adams family. So, Fred Arneson playing Uncle Fester uh, later. <laughs> I could see that later on is totally good. Catherine Zeta Jones is plays mom, and uh, Morticia. Yes, plays Morticia. It is. Uh, it's it's campy. Good time. Like that's that's really good. So now we're starting on Jack Ryan, and I binged oh, the yeah. first uh, three episodes last night, and holy crap.
4: I started watching Jack Ryan yesterday in my office. Well, I, I generally watch stuff at lunch because I've got like 20 minutes. I can just do 20 minute sections, right? I can just sit there and eat and watch it on my phone. But I put a TV in my office for obvious reasons. And so then I was Problem. like, oh, I could just watch this on t- I can just have this while hey. I'm working. <laughs> oh, right and no. Totally focused. After two hours, I was like, yeah, I can't. <clears throat> I can't. Maybe I'll just do a little work while I look up from time to time, but I was, I was just sitting back in my chair, just watching TV in my office, basically. Like, this is stupid. Yeah, I should go TV living room and watch TV. Yeah. But, um, I got through episode eight, dude. I oh, watched, I watched really eight episodes that. yesterday.
2: Oh my God. You that's, that's the whole eight season. eight hours of TV. No, it's, eight, I, it's eight episodes long.
4: I don't know. It, well, I think they're 50 minutes. I don't think they're... I'm trying to keep oh, myself... Okay. Oh, whoa,
2: day. whoa, whoa, easy. <laughs> but, Sorry, but, I didn't mean to overstate anything. Easy,
4: cowboy. They're like 51 <laughs> minutes each episode. And then you fast forward through the, uh, the through the through the intro part, and it's like down to 47 or something. But um, no, it's not done, because I, I stopped last night at 9. I was like, I'm going go to bed. Oh, but um, I must have one more to go. Maybe I got through 7, and they're, I'm watching 8. I don't even know. I just they I said, it's definitely not done, I can assure you. I thought it was. There's a part where you go, oh, okay. Hey, saves the day. It only shows eight episodes on Amazon. Well, then I must watch seven. I must have eight. He's watching an entirely different series. So let's wrap up this recording. I got work to do. (laughs) Oh, deal. Okay.
0: Okay, let's wrap it up. Wrap it up. Stop. Stop. Hey there, stackers, and a happy... Happy Monday to you. What the hell are you doing, dude? I haven't introduced you yet.
4: <clears throat> I was just wondering if you knew that song. If I knew what song? Happy Trails, what song, Happy trails?
0: Yeah.
2: Why are we doing that? We're just starting. Are you allowed to live in Texas and not know that song? Isn't that part of the citizenship test?
0: Well, stackers, the show might be over, but the celebrations are just beginning because it is military appreciation month that I want to celebrate people like my brother-in-law, Eric who is such a giving person, Eric will do just anything for you. And as a Marine, you can see that his time in the military taught him to be a guy who gives to his community, gives to his family, and is always there when you need them. This Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate members like Eric who go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Navy Federal's employees are part of the community they serve. Many of them are military family members, reservists, or veterans. And all branches of the military, veterans, DOD, employees, and their families are eligible for Navy Federal membership. In fact, there are so many resources on the Navy Federal website, resources like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life, and Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate and you'll see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.